Welcome to Show Me Your Mic. I'm your host, Chris Enns. This is the podcast where we, where we, I talk to other podcasters about the podcasts. Today on the show, I've got Jeff Ruberg talk about his podcast. It's a Digimon-focused podcast. It's a, a bit of a niche, as they say on the internet, but our conversation, I didn't know anything about Digimon, so maybe you'll learn something about Digimon, but also you'll learn about his podcast, the site that he uses. He's got really great detailed show notes, chapter markers, uses M4A stuff, uses Ophonic for posting and post-processing, as they say. Lots of fun and lots to learn. Hope you enjoy the conversation. Hit me up on the Twitter, iChris, if you have any questions or comments about the show. Enjoy. Thanks, Jeff, for joining me on Show Me Your Mic. I, uh, I am awesome. It's awesome to have all the, like I said last episode, I think there's an episode of first last time. This is also another first, at least for me, to talk to somebody with the topic that you have for your podcast. And that's, I, I love it. I think maybe some people would be kind of terrified or whatever about the idea of talking about <laughs> a show that is, you know, an area that's completely foreign to them, but I just, it's fun to me. And, um, but uh, yeah, welcome to the show, Jeff. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me on. And uh, like I, I've said before, you were, you're one of the folks who uh, sent in just a, I put out a call for other podcasters out there that I'm not familiar with to, to come on the show. And I'll put a link in the show notes to that, uh, that uh, pointlet.com uh, um, booking system that I use for that. And um, any and all are welcome who, if you're out there listening. Uh, like I said, I put, I don't know, as long as you have a few episodes, five-ish plus episodes in, in the iTunes store or whatever service out there and you're you're sort of on your way in some form or maybe you have 300 episodes you want to talk about your experience any of that is welcome any of you are welcome um and love to chat with you so and as we'll find out today any topic is is uh, <laughs> is welcome so um why don't you tell me about the topic of your podcast i'm making it sound like it's so weird but it's not really that big a deal <laughs> it's it's a little weird. Um, okay, so my, my podcast is called Podigious, um, and I run it with uh, my girlfriend and our friend from college and his brother. Um, but, yeah, so the topic is Digimon, which, um, what is Digimon, basically, yeah. is the, the relevant question. Um, and it's, it's, most people know it as the, I guess, the thing in the shadow of, of Pokemon, um, that it's like the crappier version of Pokemon or the less known one or the... Uh, more weird one and uh it's basically like pokemon a whole media franchise like pokemon is a game an anime toys all this stuff and digimon has all those aspects too but they're basically all crappy except for the show whereas pokemon is like there are adults who like the game but think the show is terrible this is kind of the opposite the games are pretty terrible for digimon but the show is actually interesting and does some cool things as opposed to the Pokemon anime, which is just the same thing running for like 20 years or whatever. Uh, right. So am I going to get angry emails from Pokemon fans who are going to say? <laughs> Possibly. I, I, I kind of doubt you have ardent Pokemon <laughs> anime fans listening. You never know. You never know. There might be some out there, but you can, we'll send them to your website. Anyways. You can, they can listen and debate with you, I guess, rather than me yeah. having some sort of uninformed debate. Uh, I mean, there, there is a big rivalry that's just kind of silly because I mean, it's like, the two different franchises are good at different things. Like they're the Pokemon games are good, the Digimon anime is good, and they're they're different things. I mean, 
So mm-hmm. there, there are people who are like, oh, one's always better than the other, and it's just silly. Yeah, well, it's the internet, so anybody, inevitably, <laughs> somebody will find a reason to argue about something and and yell and scream and and troll and shout. Are they, yep. um, without going too deep into it, but are they? Is it two different companies, like sort of, you know, how it, like Coke Pepsi kind of thing? Is it, or is it one company just two different brands that they put out? Uh, yeah, it's Pokemon. two totally different companies. Okay. I mean, Pokemon yeah. has the the benefit of like being backed by Nintendo, I guess. Like, you know, like right that. Digimon is kind of just, I mean, the games are kind of crappy on all different platforms. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're they, basically everything put up by Nintendo has a certain level of quality that the right. Digimon games never reach. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, having Nintendo as a backer, I guess, would, would help. <laughs> yeah. As a systems to support or whatever. And so your your podcast, like you said, is primarily focused on the, the shows, like so sh- TV shows, movie, mm-hmm. that kind of yeah, DVD, whatever stuff. Yeah, so it's the... So it's all from Japan. So it's anime and there are mostly TV series and there are a couple of different movies that are uh, interspersed in that. Uh, the last two episodes that we have up are about the movies. That, yeah. I mean, it's weird because they're movies, but they're only 30 minutes long. And, right. and there was one movie released in the US, which is, it was like three of them stitched together and it was really bad. And I, <laughs> when I went to see that, uh, I guess it was like 13 years ago, whatever, uh, my dad and I were the only people in the theater, literally the only wow. people in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> so not hugely popular, I guess. No, uh, no, it was, I mean, there, there was a brief window of like 1999 to 2000 where it was, it was like kind of as popular as Pokemon, maybe a little bit in some communities, but you know, after that, like swift drop off and, uh, whereas Pokemon has been running like pretty consistently for the past 15 years, or whatever, with like a show every year with, new games coming out every couple, every year, every couple years. And Digimon's been like, you know, it was running for like four years straight on TV, then went off the air for a couple of years and then had another season and then off the air for another four years and then another season. Um, and now it's been off the air for another four years and there's a new season coming out in the spring. So it's kind of like been kind of dead for a while and about to pick up steam again. So it's, it's an interesting time. Well, a good time, I guess, to have a podcast going. But I would, I would imagine then that like what you're saying is that there's probably is if you are a Digimon fan coming across something across a Digimon podcast would be like gold, right? Cause the, yeah, yeah, exactly. You like would probably feel there isn't a ton of people out there who are with you like-minded or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why that's kind of the, the thought process for starting. It was like, why doesn't this exist? Like if this existed, I would go, I would totally listen to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, so we start, we'd been running it for a couple of months before the announcement on August 1st that there would be a new season in spring and it's kind of like the perfect, we were in the perfect situation because now we're going to ride the wave of people getting back into it. And it's also perfect because it's the, I don't want to go deep, too deep, too, I don't want to go too deep into Pokemon or Digimon explanations, but each season is basically a totally different universe. And that's one of the things I really like about it, that it doesn't just ride the same thing over and over. Um, but the new season that's coming out is a continuation of the old one. So it's kind of like purposefully nostalgic. Um, and our show is looking at the old seasons. So it's, it's like people want to get back into it and like, you know, rewatch or listen about some of the old stuff. It's the perfect opportunity. So. Right. And yeah, an attempt to get sort of caught up in preparation for the new series or whatever that's coming out. Oh, interesting. So, um, as part of that, I guess, have you, you've come across, I listened to a few episodes and you know, you get some listener feedback and things and, and, uh, um, we'll get into some of the editing of the show and stuff in a minute, but do you get, the feedback that you get from folks is kind of like all over the world and just random wherever they come from in 
or is it isolated to certain areas and, and what's the audience sort of makeup as best you can figure? Uh, well, so, uh, in terms of country, I mean, the only, the main things I have to identify countries is like where the reviews come from and they've, I had, we got our first review from a non U S country in the past couple of weeks and it was from Norway and it was like, Whoa, finally. Um, but <laughs> you're talking about in iTunes, uh, yeah, yeah. the listing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, aside from that, I don't know where they come from exactly. I mean, I think they are from other countries. I think there are some from other countries. That's why I've started in some episodes saying like, if you're not from the U S leave a review, that'd be really cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just to like track that. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. I think from, from our stats, a surprising number are like of visitors are from California, which I don't know whether to read that as, am I just skewing the stats or are there that many people from California? And as the year based in California as well. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's, uh, yeah, you could be, <clears throat> could be skewing your stats that just refreshing to check out, uh, latest stats or whatever too. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, we have a decent number of listeners, but we do, it's small enough that I could be skewing stats enough. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Everybody does it to themselves sometimes. Um, and, uh, what, what mechanisms, I guess, do you use for feedback and, and sort of engaging or attempting to, at least, you know, as you get started and obviously you'll, you know, with things on the horizon that are coming like that, the, the new series, what, what sort of means do you hope to use or have you used to, to engage with the audience as far as feedback and, and things like that? Mm -hmm. so, so we launched on, we launched without a comment section and we just posted the episode, posted the episodes on Reddit and a particular Digimon forum called With the Will. Um, it's basically like the, I think at like at the peak there were several lots of different forums and stuff and but this is the one that like survived and there are still fans there and they're it's decently sized. I can't don't know the numbers, but um and I mean it's a little problematic to share stuff there because they that community is full of like not religious, I don't want to say religious, but like the Extreme. fans who know a ton, right? right. Like, and and we're not that. Like that that's kind of the weird thing, is that like uh we're not experts in this domain. You know, like we're like people who liked the show 15 years, 14 years ago, but we're like, we're not like people who have been studying it religiously for 14 years. And, um, so there are people who are like, well, these people don't know enough. Right. And it's like, sorry. Uh, yeah. But, um, yeah. So, I mean, the main, the main, those are the main avenues of feedback for a while are Reddit and that forum. And then around episode eight. So what we just, the last episode we released was episode 13. I'm working on 14 now, so it's not that much later, but we took like, you know, each episode takes like two weeks to a month to come out because I don't know, we don't have a heavy schedule. And so since we introduced the comment section, we get a decent number of comments there and that's just using discuss oh, and yeah. that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, you haven't been too spammy or any like the, there's sort of the growing trend among some nerds or whatever to look down on comments or whatever and not have them. But, um, and even I know at good stuff we've discussed the various times do we have comments cause you know, you, sometimes you might have an episode with, no comments it looks kind of lame but then other times it'd be a great episode to have comments on because you know you'd get feedback and um but you found i guess community wise anyways they've been respectful and, and uh helpful in, in engaging in the conversation further yeah totally i mean i guess there's there's always a possibility of moderating the comments if stuff happens but like nothing has happened in there and the mm -hmm. most that there we had was like there are two different characters in the show that have kind of like you know fans kind of argue which one's better and there was like a kind of heated argument between two people and that was that was the worst thing that has, that's happened um so we haven't even, even had to think about that um but yeah i mean i definitely the reason i didn't launch the comment section was because i 
it's kind of a fear I had in general that I really didn't want to have things that set that had low numbers that were visible. You know, like I wanted to have a an air of being high quality and being popular, even if we weren't. <laughs> um, so seeing, I didn't want to have like episode posts that then said zero comments or one comment. Uh, yeah. And then I think after we saw the like we were getting a decent number of comments on other avenues, we were like, well, okay, let's let's move this into the site so that people can find it instead of having to go somewhere else to find them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if I don't know, I'd have to, I'd have to reconsider if we were, if we started getting like zero comments per episode or something, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, like I see other, other sites or podcasts that have that and it's like, makes you feel kind of sad. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not like we're, it's all a popularity contest, but it is kind of a gauge of if, if someone was listening to a podcast and it was good enough or interesting enough or thought provoking enough prompt you to leave a comment well that tells me that it's probably a good episode or something i should listen to and if there's no comments then it kind of implies anyways even though it could be furthest from the truth that it was maybe boring or not very interesting i guess to listen to and that's always the struggle i know with any sort of you know whether you start a well like the show me your mic twitter account has 49 followers or something now and so it's like even though i know there's more than that that listen to the show and it's you know you kind of feel like oh that's a little lame or whatever (laughs) (laughs) and you don't want to you know you promoted or whatever and stuff but um but yeah that's kind of the, the fake it till you make it i guess idea of of uh hoping that folks will grab on enough and i think like you said we've talked about already i guess with a niche topic like yours i would imagine again that people given the opportunity would love to f- engage with other folks not just listen passively but you know actually dialogue with folks because they probably i would imagine they don't have a lot of uh in real world friends or whatever who are super into it as much as uh, somebody who's willing to do a podcast about it whether it's digimon or anything like that obviously um so it's i think well, that's the beauty of the internet obviously too that we all get to kind of find a little niche who would have thought that a podcast talking about podcasts would be all that interesting <laughs> <laughs> too and to normal folks it seems a little weird that we would even be having this this discussion so um speaking of your website i guess with discus that you said or discuss what um what other tech are you using? I know you've got fairly detailed show notes, which is a, a um or a, not a common thing yet, but it's a definitely an idea that's gaining ground, I guess, in terms of having fairly detailed show notes and as well as direct linking to a topical. You know, at five minutes, this is what we talked about, and ten minutes, this is what we talked about. Um, how do you, I guess? I don't know if you can walk me through your workflow, I guess, a bit of, of how you, when you're recording to decide on the topics or do you just do it afterwards and listen and sort of mark down time codes and then, and then from that, how that translates to the website and what you're using to, to, as a player and uh, linking to the time code stuff that you got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so there's a, a lot there. Um, the, the show notes in general were kind of a thing that when I, when I was launching the podcast, I wanted to, I basically wanted to like, you know, make it clear that it was something different than just a random, you know, crappy podcast about a niche topic that I guess like kind of in the back of my head was thinking like if someone that I admired, like a fellow podcaster would look on the, look at the site, I wanted them to be impressed. And, uh, even if like the topic was something they'd be like, well, what is this? They'd, <laughs> I would hope look at the, you know, look at the notes and be like, this is really organized and doing something, doing something different. It may, like maybe not better for everyone, but at least doing something better for us. Um, and so the main like philosophy behind that is that it's a show, it's a podcast about an anime and there are lots of characters we discuss. And it's also an anime that we try to make it accessible for people who haven't seen it in, you know, 14 years possibly. And so part of that is that 
there are all these characters, it's like people might be like, well, oh, that person, I'm kind of that. What do they look like? And so we have we have basically like imaged show notes is what I think of them as. And so every time there's a character mentioned, there's like there's uh, there's basically like a table of images, and you can go to well, I don't, I guess it's fine advertising my site here, prodigies.com uh, yeah. slash <laughs> 13 is the latest one. Um, and so every time we mention a character, there's a time code and an image of them. Uh, so that, so that you can like, my idea was that if you're watching the episode, if you're listening to the episode, you can basically like have this page open and like scroll down and be like, oh yeah, that's that person. Um, you know, I don't think it's the best way to do that. Um, and we're kind of in the future exploring making uh video episodes on YouTube that I think would be a better way to convey that information if people are actively listening along. Yeah. Uh, but, and the other stuff is like stuff that as like when I was already going to do that with images, I was like, well, okay, every time we mention like other TV shows or anything else that would normally be a link, like I may as well just use the time codes there too, just to like be comprehensive. Um, and so, I mean, the workflow for that is that, I mean, I, I, I spend way too much time editing this podcast. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, it's, it's impressive. Just the, I hadn't scrolled. Maybe the one episode I had didn't, maybe didn't have done the character thing, but I didn't see that until just when you're mentioning looking at episode 13 here. And that that alone is, and I, that's a really great idea because especially somebody who, well, I mean, for me, completely unfamiliar, obviously it, it's tremendous help, but I'm sure even just someone, like you said, who's coming back to it in, in the case that you were mentioning, that would help just refresh their memory of what that show was that they watched so long ago and especially with yeah. all the weird, you know, kind of names that are hard to remember and sort of overlap <laughs> or whatever. And <laughs> yeah, the names, names get kind of long too. And it's, yeah, yeah it's hard to remember all that. Um, anyway, uh, so your workflow you're starting into as far as editing and spending too uh-huh. much time. <laughs> yeah. And I guess I forgot to mention that we also have like chapters. So, I mean, the player we have, you know, like lists all the different chapters and those are all in the M4A that we distribute and stuff. So not that many apps support that, but I mean, whatever. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, the workflow we use uh, is basically... We record it, and then when I edit, I do several different passes of editing. <laughs> so I do one pass, which is to uh, basically cut out things, like cut for content, basically, and organize into sections. It generally doesn't require like moving things around too much, but more like, well, let's move this into the blooper section at the end, or um, just cut it out entirely, or and then uh, basically adding uh, the music sequences between sections. Uh, and... Adding, so we also have a segment where we uh, basically the show is the show is written really strangely, the dub at least, and has lots of weird humor that humor that's like too juvenile for adults to appreciate at all, but also too many jokes per second for kids to appreciate. So it's kind of this weird middle ground where like we don't understand why it was written this way, and it's like the dialogue isn't funny, but it's it's funny how terrible it is often. Um, right. Occasionally it's genuinely funny, but so we have this whole segment that call it a ridiculous dialogue draft kind of inspired by the drafts the incomparable does a lot. And so we basically like write down our favorite quotes of like terribly funny things and then like compete to pick the best ones, whatever. And then we ask the people to leave comments saying what the best one was and who won or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, as part of that, I have to, I go and record those segments from the show and insert them in. Um, so that's all in this first pass of editing. And then I basically um, bounce it all down to one track and then uh, and then basically cut out, like do an automated thing where I cut out all the silence and then squash it down some more just to, you know, I don't I I, I like the philosophy of you know, like removing all the extraneous silence. Uh, but I mean, that comes from the fact that I, I 
tend to listen to things at 2x speed and all this other stuff. But well, I was anyway, going uh, to interject because I, I was listening. I was like, I can't tell if they're just really talking really fast intentionally or if you actually sped up the edit <clears throat> when you export it or, you know, edit it or whatever and put it at like, you know, even 1.25% or whatever faster or not percent, but times faster. Um, so you don't, you don't mean like the silence, you mean the actual the well, a bit speed of, of yeah, the cadence of the, your words, but also I guess knowing that silence was gone now, thinking back to when I was listening makes a lot more sense because there wasn't any of that, like the pauses that just happened or whatever, you know, like it was, you know, cut fairly tight, which is, I, I assume when I was listening was kind of like, a, I assumed it was a bit of a stylistic choice to sort of marry what little I know of, of anime, but that it would be similar in terms of like very quick edits, very quick talking dialogue and stuff in the shows and the movies or whatever would be very similar to that. And I sort of assume maybe that's where, what you were sort of going for, but. Um. Oh no, it's not that carefully thought out. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think it's basically just like, I think of it as, I mean, the episodes run really long as is, you know, like uh, one of the episodes we recorded, but haven't released yet. We actually recording for four hours oh, wow. <laughs> and um, hopefully cutting out extraneous stuff and, Kind of extraneous stuff and also moving silence that'll be down to like two hours maybe most um but that's kind of like i guess i i feel guilty about releasing something so long and so you know at least removing silence makes me feel better about that a little bit mm -hmm. and i think in terms of speed of voice i at least have a problem because i listen to so many podcasts at 2x speed all the time that <laughs> i generally like so we have a couple different parts of the show yeah. where we have scripts and we read them and i sometimes i stumble through like a paragraph read or whatever and then i restart it and my co-hosts have to keep telling me that like every time I stumble and restart, I do it faster. So at the end, I'm just like, like I just talk at a, nat a naturally faster speed because I'm used to listening to the things so much faster. Right. And so I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if you were listening to me talking and me like rambling really through fast through something. Right. Yeah. Maybe that's what I picked up on was your, yeah, just your specific voice, obviously listening because I was gonna, knowing I was going to be talking to you, but, um, but that is an interesting analogy or, or a thought, I guess that, um, <laughs> we're we're raising world a whole world of people who listen to things at two x or whatever, and then that sort of becomes their normal. <laughs> and then there'll be pe people who maybe listen at one x or half x or something. I don't know. People do why someone would want to listen slower, but I know it's an option on some of the playback. Um, I guess if you're learning a language or something. But anyways, it it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting sort of sociological <laughs> experiment. We'll see if what plays <laughs> out with that in the future years. But um, so then the the actual like you said the chapter markers and stuff. What's what did you decide to use for uh, either, I'm assuming, is it WordPress that you're hosting it on or running it? Oh, on? no, so this is all Jekyll. Oh, okay, gotcha. Oh, cool. I, didn't, I hadn't poked behind the, on the code yet, but so what did you use to do the chapter markers and stuff in the audio on the player? So, uh, okay, so in action, in terms of actually getting all these time codes, we, I basically, after everything's uh, silence is removed and it's like uh, condensed, then I basically go through and listen again and write down any time codes or make markers and then export the markers at the end and do a lot of processing in terms of like uh I'm trying to think if i can like explain i have this elaborate system of uh so it's in jekyll and i have these like custom ruby scripts that process it um so there's basically like a csv file of time codes and related information associated with them so it's like uh, for for the chapters, there will be a CSV file that's like time code name of segment. And for the things mentioned section, which is just links to things, it'll be like time code, title, link. And for the images, it'll have some more stuff because it has like 
uh, time code, image URL, name, uh, source, and I also like store other metadata in case I need it later, like where I got it from and other kind of stuff. And but I mean, in terms of getting the actual chapter marks in the audio file, um, I do all the. I basically after I have that file, I send it to Auphonic. I'm not for not sure if you're familiar with that service. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a great, great service. I've tested them and played with it a bit, but uh, I'm definitely familiar with it. That's which I think more people should be. It's a great, great service. So yeah, tell me about what you use them to do. So I mean the, in term and the first thing is that the they will create the M4A file of with the chapter markers included, and I also <clears throat> have images like a, a different image for each chapter um, with the title of the chapter, or whatever. Uh, but also they do a lot of audio processing. And since I since I basically don't know what I'm doing in terms of ed- audio editing, it's kind of a nice backup, at least to say like, you know, I have no idea at the levels or the volume or the loudness or what. I don't even know the terminology, if it's all okay. And running it through a LastPass through a phonic, at least I feel like, you know, at least it normalizes the volume. I guess I kind of trust it to make it less crappy in case I've made it crappy. Um, <laughs> Which is probably unfair. I mean, I, I don't know if it's trusting it that much. I should I should be learning, and I try to learn, but it's no. It's I hard think, when like they don't know the terminology and yeah. No, I think as far as uh, like services go, I know Levelator was a really common app that people used. And mm. That one tended to, um, for better or worse, like it, it works in certain cases, but it tends to really crunch everything and kind of distort everything. I don't know. It, I wasn't a big fan of the way it did it, but when Ophonic came along and I was playing around with it a bit. Um, it, it definitely is made by folks who really care about doing well with your audio, I guess, which is a poor way of saying, (laughs) but, um, they won't fix your words, I guess, unfortunately. But, um, the, the, the guys, the folks behind it anyways, I think they're in Germany somewhere, but they, um, they do a really great job of caring about what your audio looks like and how it, or sounds like, and how it, it, uh, making sure it just comes out sounding better and, taking into account things like they just, I know they just released a, a multi-track algorithm where they can support having multi, multi, you can upload multiple tracks and it'll take, you know, look ahead and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, lots of stuff, audio geeky stuff that they do with the audio files to make sure that it comes out looking, sounding. I keep saying looking, obviously we're talking <laughs> audio, <laughs> but sounding way better. And, um, and certainly you, you can, if you know what you're doing, do a, probably a better job than what Ophonic does because any sort of machine-operated thing will inevitably break on some weird sound or whatever that goes on in a podcast. But but as far as something to like sort of lean on, like you said, in times when you're not sure what you're doing, it's uh, I think I, I I would be hard-pressed to come up with something better, I guess, in, in my limited experience anyways with experimenting with stuff like that. I'd be curious if listeners have um, good or bad experiences with it because it's... Um, uh, like I said, it's, my experience has been great. They, the iOS app that they have works awesome for doing um, just kind of like remote, um, whatever, walkabout, you know, kind of podcast recordings. I did a, I do a daily-ish show here on Good Stuff that I, I think the first few episodes anyways, I was using a phonic. The mic on your phone might not be great and that they can't compensate for that necessarily. But <laughs> being able to like you, what you're sort of doing, like have it, I would export right from the app up to their service and then they would dump a file right to Dropbox for me or actually to Libsyn directly and then I would have a get back an, an email with here's your mp3 and you can post it or link to it off Twitter right away and, and you're done so um, anyways that's my little pitch for 
<laughs> for Ophonic. I think it's a vastly underused service in the podcasting world, as far as I can tell. Maybe more people are using it, but um, yeah, I mean, there was even a time when it was completely free. Yeah, and it was like, why aren't more people? Using it? And now there's like a tiered pricing plan, but um, and it's also the people behind it clearly care a lot of podcasts. Um, you know, in just researching things that I would, when I was you know figuring out what to do for the podcast, there were a lot of things I was wondering about, like, you know, should I use M4A versus MP3? Like, how does the support vary? And some other, trying to remember other kind of, like, how to support chapter markers in all the different formats. And, like, the articles that I would find would be from Alphonic. Yeah. Um, they have, like, really comprehensive articles in, the, in those kind of subjects. And it, I guess it's a, it's a pretty clever way to get people to use your service if you, like, get them to trust you by writing really authoritative articles. <laughs> yeah, and that's, that's probably part of the my attraction to them too is that they do seem to know what they're talking about. And they, like I said, I'm not an expert in this either. And and uh, if somebody knows more than you, you kind of start to trust them maybe. So maybe there, if there is a, maybe people have had bad experiences with audio sent to them, but uh, yeah, in my experience, it's been great. They Their apps are like you can buy a Mac app to use on your desktop. They're expensive because that's, it is expensive development time i guess to do that kind of thing but uh, you can i think it's two hours free per month um audio trans or uh, audio post-production and then just few or rate plans or whatever for more if you need to so if you have a four-hour podcast i guess you might might need to pay one month <laughs> yeah that. i guess one benefit of the fact that my podcast has slowed down recently is that i haven't had to pay more <laughs> right <laughs> um and it's only slowed down because not to get too much into it but um one of our hosts was away for the summer, so we had a bunch of episodes that we recorded through June that we're like still releasing now. Um, and now that he's back, we're recording again, so we should be back to a regular schedule soon. But. Nice. All right, so we I, I derailed you a bit, and uh, maybe I'll just take this opportunity to completely derail it a bit, or it's <laughs> a bad way of saying it, but uh, just to pause to thank our sponsor for this episode, which is Campaign Monitor who uh, we use here at Good Stuff to send out to our newsletters, uh, goodstuff.fm slash newsletter, and you can... Uh, Sign up there and check out the newsletter that I send out for good stuff, uh, letting you know about shows and um, interviews and all that kind of stuff, upcoming events related to good stuff that we have going on. And uh, Campaign Monitor makes it super easy, makes it look really good. And uh, I can usually, I often on Thursdays send it out. I can usually quickly put together a new template, get it sent out in half an hour to 45 minutes. Usually in that, most of that time is just spent gathering content and links and f- hassling other other hosts on good stuff for content or whatever from their stuff. And uh, that kind of thing. With the, but the building of the template and the design and stuff is, is super easy thanks to Campaign Monitor. They have a, a great iOS app that I use called Monitor that is free. Um, and you can check the status of your email campaigns people are signing up or, or leaving and, and that kind of thing right on your phone. It's, uh, it's updated for iOS 8 and iPhone 6 and looks great. And uh, so check out campaignmonitor.com and my thanks to them for supporting good stuff and show me your mic. So you, the Ophonic service takes the CSV file and your media file, M4A file, and Combine use the data from the CSV file to add stuff to the M4A file. Is that correct? Uh, not not quite. I oh. mean, it has to. I mean, so basically, I have all these CSV files from my internal like uh, Ruby parser that makes the Jekyll template or whatever. Or it fills in the Jekyll template. But in terms of actually putting it into Alphonic, I have to, you know, like manually fill in a form with the chapters. But I mean, that's actually wait. I think for chapters, it will parse a specially formatted. 
list of time codes and chapters. And so I put that in and then it makes a form and then I put in the images into the form. So oh, gotcha. it's not, not quite as easy as yeah. just uploading a CSV file. Right. But basically. Yeah. Still easier than it used to be anyways, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, the thing, the thing, there are a lot of things that I rely on a phonic because I just don't know how to do them otherwise. Like, and that's, that's one of them. Like I, I, I could probably, you know, research it more to find out how to make an MVRA file with the chapter markers. But I mean, this, it makes it so easy. Yeah. It looks like probably I'm just reading quickly on their blog. They may have had, they may have the ability through their API to do it more directly, but yeah, you have to, mm. your mileage may vary and API might make you, uh, feel sick to the stomach, so <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> and, um, uh, I've actually been uh, on, a, on a side note playing around with the idea of making completely automated podcasts. Um, mm. And I don't have anything to show yet, but I mean, a phonic, you know, like you can use the API and just like, make a file and send it up to them completely without human involved, which is an idea I've been, you know, like, is there any value to this? And but it's cool that they have an API that you can do yeah. all that with. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so I don't know if, is there anything worth discussing in terms of what you do with uh, Onophonic itself before you get the file back and then get to your website or what do you uh, Not really. I mean, there are a couple, it, it does a bunch of cool things. If you, if you use particular services, like it'll, it can make YouTube versions of the podcast by like, you know, I think it, you know, takes a, if you give an image, it'll just, you know, the image and the, the audio and we'll also have like links to the time codes for show, for chapter markers and stuff. Um, <clears throat> and that stuff that I, Consider doing it first, but uh, kind of have plans for more ambitious YouTube versions. So I haven't really done that. And if you if you're using like a a service that integrates with them, you know, like you know, up, upload automatically to Libsyn, or I think they have a couple of different services they support. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, I do everything through through like the site is on Jekyll, hosted by GitHub Pages, and the files are served by Amazon S3. So I actually could off on a can send it directly to S3, but I just out of laziness, download it and then upload it. So. <laughs> yeah, I know sometimes it gets so geeky that you kind of worry that <laughs> you're going to sort of forget how to move things around or not forget, but just like it, sometimes when it gets so automated, it's, it, you kind of, I worry anyways that I'm going to miss a step and, and not even realize that something's missing or whatever. And, <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, but, uh, but it is, yeah, it's awesome to, to have that ability anyways with something like a phonic to do. And they would, yeah, you'd mentioned YouTube. They actually, I know they, I experimented with that too, of a, having it automatically, because you can have your file automatically go out to any, like any and all of those services all at once. So like you could have it dump it to Dropbox, to SFTP, to a Google Drive, to a web dev account, Amazon S3, SoundCloud, Libsyn, Blueberry, et cetera. And then also to a YouTube page as well as a video audio file that you want it to go out as. And so you can kind of like, it, it, it would be an interesting way to like, get your show out there in many different platforms all at once if you really want it to sort of spread it far and wide. <laughs> yeah. Try that strategy. I'll just mention that there was a uh, Obanta in the chat room linked or mentioned that uh, Ray Ortega over at the Podcaster Studio had done recently a, a couple, part two-part, I think, interview with uh, the guys over at Ophonic, and I'll just link to that in the show notes as well because um, he goes very deep, very you know, heady stuff into loudness and, and how you can use that to your benefit and make sure your audio sounds great using a phonic. So, um, all right. So where were we? Where your file is downloaded and you've put it back up to S3 and then you go to your, without going too deep into Jekyll, I guess, and, and stuff <laughs> with, uh, what's, what's the process then for getting that 
actually on the website with your player. So in terms of like, well, I mean, I for a while was, you know, actually editing things in, how was, I guess it was like Jekyll templates. And now it's just, now I don't think about Jekyll at all. It's just like, I enter data into CSV files and there's like a markdown file with like minimal information, metadata. And at one point I just like automate everything through Jekyll's. I don't think about it. Now it's just CSV files. And then I uh, basically like, it's a Git repo and I get pushed to GitHub pages and then it goes live. I mean, <laughs> that's, but then there's also like the stuff I, I have a long checklist of things to do for releasing the podcast and editing and stuff. So, and stuff to do after that is, you know, like posting on the different social media platforms like Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Reddit, the forum thread, that kind of stuff, which is just pain. I wish I could automate that. Uh, yeah, I had asked somebody a little while ago or somebody posted to me about the idea of automating a bit to Reddit and I, I still haven't figured out a way that it would work. And I don't know, our our services, may, our site isn't uh, particularly suited maybe for that. But I would imagine, like you said, your <clears throat> your niche site would certainly... Or podcast, or it would certainly be of, of use to posting on Reddit and getting some discussion there. And even if it is people telling you that they know more than you, which <laughs> sometimes happens on the internet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Reddit's a really weird community. Uh, I mean, it's basically like a hodgepodge of all these different communities. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're totally different by social conventions. I mean, so the, the Digimon subreddit is really lowly populated. I mean, uh, <laughs> one of the depressing things I realized was that the... Uh, so one of the podcasts that I really love recently I've listened to is Hello Internet. And uh, so one of the people behind that, CGP Grey, his, there's, a, there's a subreddit for CGP Grey, let's see if I can find it to make sure, that has like 10 times more people than the Digimon subreddit. <laughs> um, so just like for the fans of one person, yeah, CGP Grey's subreddit has 22,000 readers and Digimon has 8,000. Okay, so it's not quite so big a difference, but uh, Digimon subreddit is really lowly populated and... Uh, I guess it has a, a lot of subreddits I've seen have a philosophy that you shouldn't be promoting your own stuff. And mm. it's, it really doesn't make sense to me. Like, I've seen people say, like, you're karma whoring or whatever. And it's like, I've seen people both say that you're karma whoring. So you're trying to just, like, get karma for yourself, link karma, or whatever. And that you're trying to send people to your website. But it's like, I mean, I, I, whatever. I mean, that's just a weird weird philosophy. They, I feel like they think that it's better for someone, some random other person to have found it and promote it than for you to have promoted it. It's, it's weird. But the Digimon subreddit doesn't have that. So, you know, they're fine with me posting it. And then it, uh, it's frustrating because, you know, like an image, some random image someone takes will get like hundreds of upvotes and the podcast thread generally gets like at most 15 maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> so it kind of gets silenced pretty quickly. But I don't know, people have Especially when we were starting out, we found a lot of people through that, and I think it was a good way to grow. But it, I mean, every time it always frustrates me. Like, ugh, why? Why do people not not like it? And I mean, because of that, I've been playing around with a different couple of different ways to like promote it on social media, and kind of like using social media, the different medias to their strength. Um, so I mean, things like we have that segment where we have we quote things in the show, and something I started for the last episode, and I'm going to keep doing through the next season is to basically make those quotes into images and then share the images on social media. And, you know, those can go viral. Well, none of them have really gone viral, but those can like be shared much more than the podcast itself. And it kind of is a way yeah. to, they'll see the podcast and be like, what is this? This quote's cool. And what's this, what's this podigious thing? Um, that's my goal for that. And yeah. That's an interesting way. Cause it, that is always the struggle with like even more so than video, which video 
you know, in YouTube or whatever can get shared, but people just aren't, aren't as interested in hearing something, unless it's like something really controversial or whatever, then it'll obviously go around no problem. But they're just not, even like I would guess, even with, you know, the ability to link, deep link to like the, to say the unanswered questions or whatever segment on your latest episode, which might, that might be the only thing that some, you know, group of people are really keen on for some reason. Even with that ability to link to that, people aren't really that keen on sharing podcast episodes it seems in the same way that they are and and yeah using pulling quotes out and uh and sharing them that way is a great way actually that's a great idea to you know i could see like you you know use tumblr obviously and and then facebook and things like that which where it would get shared much more easily than just linking to the audio file and saying you know so and so said this thing you should listen so that's yeah i mean there's i mean it's both that like people are there's a stigma against audio and also just the, the things are much longer I mean, like if there were a two-hour YouTube video, I probably wouldn't be inclined to just click it and listen anyway or watch it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one thing I'm considering for uh, what we're going to do with video eventually is to actually release the episodes, to release the video as each of these segments, each of these chapters, and then kind of like have a playlist that is the episode one or whatever that is just like right. six different segments or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if that'll work. I mean, it's something I'm going to try. And, you know, the we're not, we don't have any YouTube videos ready yet and I'm like just now learning how to do different programs to, to get that ready but uh, I don't know I mean I think it'd also be a way to like hype it up in terms of releasing these old episodes like I would plan to release a you know, like you know work on an entire episode have it ready and then release one chapter per day I don't know maybe that'll work who knows <laughs> yeah well it's and it's certainly worth experimenting with that's that's where I think um, too many folks probably get too settled in the way podcasting has been done thus far and don't try and push the medium a bit in different directions and the only way we'll figure out some of this stuff is by experimenting obviously and um that's i mean that's obviously how the medium was built on rss wasn't built explicitly for podcasting but we kind of people hacked it a bit and made it work so that we could share media files that way and all of a sudden apple's building this whole section to (laughs) support listing them um and so yeah that, that seems like a great idea as far as especially again like in a niche thing, but I mean, it would work, I think for, it could work for this show. It could work for a lot of different shows where you take segments or short clips that make it a little more digestible, but then obviously always still link back to your full episode and, uh, just to make it a little bit easier to share. I know I had success. It was a bit of success when I was doing that daily personal episode or personal podcast. Um, numbers would increase when I would tweet a link. It's a like five to 10 minute episode per episode uh, in length and so um i would tweet the link to the show notes and the you know the episode page obviously on good stuff but then also just include a, a direct link to the mp3 file on twitter so that people could just click and listen they don't have to go to a web page they could just and that's something i know twitter is doing a bit with uh, soundcloud and other folks where you can embed the mp3 file right in a twitter twitter card and uh so who knows all sorts of fun stuff on the horizon i guess we're hopefully for podcasting Far from yeah, far from uh, boring medium. Anyways, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I noticed you also you you include links to Huffduffer, which is or uh, the ability to automatically Huffduff. I guess is the terminology. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, I mean, I I don't think I, think I can check by searching Huffduffer. I don't think anyone's actually clicked those. Oh really? <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I'm like a pretty active user of Huffduffer. Um, I think so. You can see like who uses Huffduffer the most, kind of, but it's a very local. You know, only recently kind of thing, and I haven't used it too much in the past couple of days, so it's not 
I basically use it in waves. I have a lot of podcasts go through RSS feeds and then I have stuff them. So like I'll go to the top of the busy stuff drivers and then go back down and then, but, um, but yeah, I think like I include that cause I was like, if I had, if I saw podcasts, I would want to do this, but no one clicks it. So, <laughs> and probably I would guess like, uh, it's one of those things where the, the nerds like myself who know about Huffduffer already have, you know, the bookmarklet or whatever on their, in their toolbar or whatever to use. And that's what they would just use anyways. And, but, um, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a neat, I, I have, you know, alerts, Google alerts or whatever, not, it's, uh, another app mentioned it's called, but it's, uh, alerts me every so often when somebody huffed off a random episode from the past or whatever. And just always curious to see who's, it's a neat way to see who's actually listening or, or at least bookmarked it to listen with they, <laughs> whether they actually Yeah. Listen. I mean, it's weird because the, uh, Huffduffer website has like really good SEO. So you know, like searching for the podcast, searching for Digimon, like the podcast, the, the things that I have off to test it will show up in search results. And, mm-hmm. um, it's kind of baffles me like how good the SEO is, but um, it's a different subject. Yeah, just searching now for a podcast enough to heard. It's all, it's all things I did to test it. Oh so. yeah, <laughs> that's fair enough. You gotta. That's like like you were saying with Reddit. I think there's a certain amount of like you just have to throw your stuff out there until enough people grab onto it and start sharing it for you. And I, it feels like it's it's gotten harder to get convinced. Like you're saying with sharing stuff, it's gotten harder to convince people or that they would even see the value sometimes in sharing that thing that they enjoy. They might love your podcast, but they're just kind of like, don't even understand why it would help you to share it. They just listen and that's their thing they do. You know, um, I was just going to mention, speaking of sharing random things and self-promotion <laughs> episode 36 <laughs> of show me your mic actually was with Jeremy Keith who developed tough tougher. So if you mm-hmm. want to go back to listen to that one and, uh, just hear my conversation with him, I'll put it that in the show notes as well, but goodstuff.fm slash SMYM slash 36 is where you can find that. And, uh, yeah, it's a great service for podcasters and, and worth, I think every podcast worth promoting on your show a bit just to let people know about it. Cause it's, it's a, it's an easy way. Once you sort of get your head around what it does and how it works, it's an easy way to sort of go out and grab random episodes of podcasts all over the internet. And I feel like it's one way to help folks get into podcasting where they don't feel like they have to subscribe to a whole show and then all of a sudden have tons of episodes to catch up on or whatever you can kind of just taste stuff around the web um so any, any other things you've tried as far as social media stuff that you you mentioned you shared and, and uh sort of experimenting with or or is that sort of where you're at right now uh that's basically where i'm at i mean there are some things like the most tumblr activity i got was by uh, so I mentioned there's a new season of the show airing in spring and there was an announcement on August 1st and I happened to be up at like 4 a.m. for when it was when the announcement aired in Japan. Not because of that, because I was editing the podcast. <laughs> totally irrelevant. But uh, so I just happened to be up and I was like, the, saw the YouTube video linked and, you know, shared that I'm on Tumblr and got like, I forget, like a couple of thousand share, shares or retweets or whatever, re blogs, whatever it's called in Tumblr. And you know, like got followers for the podcast that way. Right. I mean, it's, it's not what you'd expect, not a way to, I don't even know if they followed us because of the podcast or if they followed us because like there was a YouTube video for a new Digimon series. But I mean, it's numbers that go up. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every, every little uh, opportunity like that, you might stumble across someone or someone might stumble across your show and start listening and um, become a fan of your thing. So who knows? Um, all right. Well, in, uh, before I wrap up, I guess what's, uh, what podcast do you like to listen to? What are some of the shows that you've mentioned? Uh, 
I, I linked to it already. Hello Internet was one you had mentioned, but uh, are there other podcasts that you particularly enjoy or, or want to highlight or give mention to? Uh, yeah. So how much time do you have? <laughs> At 2x, maybe we can play, play back. No. <laughs> yeah, just for context, I, I listened to about like, in terms of shows that I occasionally listen to, like total is about 550. And um, <laughs> things that I actually have like, that I try to listen to every week is about 150. Uh, I don't actually meet that goal, but I mean, maybe you regularly listen to like 50, 100 of those. Wow, um, yeah. Yeah, and... You must have a bit of, a, do you have a commute of some sort or something that you... Yeah, yeah, a yeah. bit of an hour commute. Yeah. And I mean, I don't tend to listen to them that much on the commute because like, I can... I can work during that and oh, okay yeah uh, but I mean I it kind of I have ways to fit into my life I mean walking to to and from my bus and and also just uh, I basically organize my other media in terms of how so like I categorize my the video games I want to play based on whether I can whether I can listen to podcasts while playing them or not oh, and, nice. <laughs> um, so I have like for when I classify video games I have three different categories I have to focus uh, can listen to podcasts or can watch video in the background. So nice. <laughs> um, I kind of have everything much more rigorously compartmentalized than I should. Uh, <laughs> That's all right. So give me an example, a quick example of uh, a video game that fits in the can listen to a podcast category. Uh, so most actually fall, in, fall into that. I mean, the stuff that doesn't, that's like need to pay attention to is stuff that has like, has a lot of story or like atmosphere and you need to be like, Right, you, know, you need to be immersed in the fact that there's like, like Bioshock is a game where, like, you kind of need to be. <clears throat> I didn't want to be taken out of the setting while listening to something, even though there's a lot of like downtime. Um, but most games have have a lot of downtime. I've been playing a lot of Hearthstone recently, and that's a perfect. Oh, went a little Skypey. I'm waiting to make a move, and so it's like it's perfect for that. Um, it it kind of takes a different. I don't think it's for everyone. I mean, like the idea of choosing how to play the game while listening to the podcast is, I think, difficult for some, and it's difficult for me at times. So I have to occasionally pause. Uh, I mean, generally the workflow is that I'll be listening. If there's a cutscene, then I'll pause it and unpause it. And yeah, I mean, it works for most most games. Yeah. Uh, and then things that work for video in the background are things that are like very turn based or just like don't need to be actively doing stuff. So it's like I if I just like stare and watch the video for a couple of seconds in the middle of something, it doesn't really matter. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, kids these days and they're multitasking. Uh, back in my day, <laughs> we had to focus on the Nintendo just to get through Super Mario Brothers. Um, so the uh, so so let's say five to ten podcasts that you're you want okay. to highlight. I guess of the <clears throat> hundred and fifty or five hundred fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I basically have uh, a couple of different categories. In that. I mean, so <clears throat> so the main breakdown I have is like focus versus background. Um, so focus podcasts are ones that I need to be listening to all the time to basically ones that have like a narrative that if I get distracted by doing something else, then I lose the benefit of the rest of the show because I missed what happened in the beginning. Right. Oh yeah. Um, a couple of my favorite from that are, uh, an, a newer podcast called reasonably sound, um, by Mike Rignetta, who also does PBS idea channel. And that's like a really cool exploration of just like sound in general. Um, and it's really cool. Uh, Lexicon Valley is a really cool uh, podcast about language. Uh, and No Such Thing as a Fish is, I guess, about like general trivia um, by the people who, by the people who research facts for the QI TV show. 
British TV show. Oh yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, and startup podcast is a newer one. Right. It's like detailing the creation of a startup about podcasting, a, a podcast startup. And it's a podcast about starting the podcast startup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that and that's really over. interesting. Yeah. Uh, but those, I mean, <clears throat> the ones that fall in the focus category, but generally ones that are like, are information heavy or really heavily produced, um, kind of like self-contained narratives. Uh, and the stuff that's generally background is stuff that is more like conversation. Um, so like I already mentioned, Hello Internet. Um, another one I really love recently is Isometric, um, which is a gaming podcast on 5 by 5 that's just so wacky at times. Um, oh, yeah. And, that's um, Brianna Wu, right? And I mm-hmm. forget the other. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, Brianna Wu, Maddie Myers, uh, Georgia Dow, and Steve Lubitz. Right. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're uh, like, I really like promoting women in tech when I have the opportunity. And uh, not that I have a platform to really promote it, but uh, uh, I mean, gender representation is something we care a lot about on Podigis, but I mean, it's, it's a Digimon podcast. It's not really like, um, and it is a little d- divisive, but that's like a totally different <laughs> issue. Um, well, no, every little bit helps for sure. And that's, yeah. Definitely, uh, I had my own Twitter rant on that last night, so it's uh, it's definitely uh, something worth worth promoting. And it was it was in the context of um, a podcast listing service, I guess, just you know looking for a bit of more diversity. And he was seeking feedback, and it was great to just give that. And he updated his listing shortly thereafter, and continues to do so. And uh, so, anyway, sorry, keep I, yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I mean another podcast that's a background one that I I don't think it's that new but I only recently found it was uh, We Have Concerns by Anthony Carboni and Jeff Canada. Oh um, yeah, I've, I've, I've listened to Jeff's occasionally DLC show. I haven't listened to the mm-hmm. We Have Concerns yet. As a, It's kind of hard to explain what it is. It's like a mix of improv and news. Like they basically like start off with a news story and then like discuss it but then also go into like improv bits in the middle of discussing it. It's like it's really strange to explain but I I've, I've kind of I haven't had the experience of sharing with someone and like getting their response. I think I've been like people, this show is really good, but I haven't really found out what people have thought after listening to it. Um, cause I think it's really weird. Like, I don't know if it would stick with most people, but like, I really like it. It's really, it's really different. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's also uh, the daily show podcast with Don, the daily show podcast without John Stewart is the name of it. it started recently. That's kind of like going behind the scenes of the daily show, um, with the writers yeah, is cool. it? I've I've heard of it. I haven't listened to. It. Is it more of like? Is it actually sort of documentary-ish style? Like not produced documentary, but that, or is it just like jokes from people that don't make the show? Is it? I, no, it's mostly like documentary. I guess it's like talking about the the story behind certain stories on the air. Like, oh, right. uh, cool. I can't think of an example now, but I mean, yeah, like how they came to do whatever story, and there's only been a couple episodes, so it's easy to catch up on. Nice. Yeah, and. uh my brother, my brother, and me is one of my favorite comedy podcasts. My it's brother, kind of just my wacky. brother. Is that what it's called uh, "My Brother, My Brother and Me." Okay, uh, it's on the Maximum Fun Network. Oh yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah, and then I also have a category of media podcasts, which are uh, basically podcasts I don't subscribe to because they will, you know, be covering movies or games or things, and I won't know every one of them. So they go into an RSS reader, and then I send them through Huffduffer if I like the episode. Or if I like the topic. And my favorite one of those is The Incomparable. Uh, also a couple of different ones. Uh, Kane and Rince is a video game one uh, in the UK. And 
Fighting in the War Room is a really good movie one. Yeah, there's just I could go on for hours. So should I stop? <laughs> yeah, it's probably probably good enough to get people started, anyways. On uh, and they can always hit you up on Twitter. I'll, we'll include your Twitter account stuff here in a second to to if they want the other four hundred and <laughs> or five hundred and ten or whatever other episode or podcast that you have in your RSS subscription uh, feed thing. Um, which would be fun to <laughs> you. Should, you should post that somewhere just so that as a resource, I guess, of like uh, it almost becomes its own podcast listing service of <laughs> Jeff Rubert podcast listing service.com. Yeah, or I'm something. thinking there was a uh, thing. I think I saw Brent Simmons share, share a while ago. That was like a, basically like you would just paste a list of RSS feeds and it would sh- share them publicly kind of, um, but oh, I never got around to using it. Yeah. Hmm. Well, if anybody knows, give me some, send me some feedback. I Chris on Twitter. Uh, where can folks find you on, on the internet and, and, uh, and obviously the, the podcast. Yeah, so the podcast is poddigis.com and uh, it's also on all the different social media platforms as poddigis. But uh, myself, I'm definitely Jeff on Twitter. So follow me there. And uh, yeah, I included links to your co-host, at least on the page anyways that you have. And uh, But where did, what is poddigis? Where did that come from as a name? Oh, yeah. So as I mentioned before, the show is a lot of like terrible dialogue, like <laughs> stupid puns. And uh, so a lot of the show's terrible puns and whatever comes around just adding digi to the front of things because it's digimon and digital haha um so like in japanese there's like the the kids are called chosen children i don't want to say japanese but anyway they're called like the translation chosen children in the in english it's digi destined and it's just lots of like instead of evolution it's digivolution and things like that um (laughs) so so one of the characters in the show uh has a tagline i guess of saying prodigious like the, the actual word prodigious um Right. And it's just like, it has Digi in it. Isn't that funny kind of thing? So we kind of like took out the R and it's now it's a podcast and it's Podigis. Um, yeah, <laughs> gotcha. that's basically basically it. Fair enough. All right. Uh, so my thanks to Jeff for coming on Show Me Your Mic. Uh, you can find this show at uh, goodstuff.fm slash S-M-Y-M. Uh, this is episode 55. So there's 54 episodes of other chats with podcasters from all over the world and all over different topics and interests and niches and uh, whatever the opposite of a niche is, I guess. I think everybody's probably in their own niche of some sort. Um, The Twitter account for Show Me Your Mic is S-M-Y-M underscore F-M. I keep threatening to change that because it doesn't roll off the tongue in any sort of nice (laughs) way. But uh, that's a a little word of advice to try saying your Twitter account out loud before you set it up (laughs) so you don't have to keep uh, mispronouncing it on air and uh like i said you can sign up for the good stuff newsletter good stuff that fm slash newsletter and uh, i'm i chris on twitter thank you for listening thanks to campaign monitor for sponsoring this episode we'll see you next time have a great day bye